I've called my little talk, it is quite short, honest, um, Singing Together. Can you hear me? Um, and I've chosen the song, He's Our Rescuer. I was originally planning to talk about the song that we just sang, Blessed Be Your Name. Fortunately, I was here last week, and I do know that Liz talked about it, so I'm not going to say it all again. Um, and if, I'd just reiterate what's, what Steve said, if you didn't get a chance to hear Liz last week, it's really worth having a listen. It's really moving, really challenging, really hit the spot. Um, so I'm really glad she got there before I did. Um, do listen to that if you can. But it did make me think, like, like Dave said, there's lots and lots of songs. We sing different songs, so many songs. Um, and yet Liz and I both chose that same one. Um, when Jane did her talk, she, she mentioned about having thought about Songs of Lament. Steve chose Songs of Lament as, his, as the theme of his talk. And then both Liz and I chose that song that's at least partially lament and was written in response to the Twin Towers. And it made me think, 70% um, of the Psalms, or thereabouts, it depends how you're counting, about 70% of the Psalms are laments. And it's just worth, I thought, thinking about what we're doing when we're lamenting together, since so many of us obviously had that on our hearts and minds when we came this summer. So, I'm still going to sneak in a little bit about Blessed Be Your Name, because Liz stole my thunder. But if I'd been talking about Blessed Be Your Name, I might well have started with my granddad, because my granddad used those words from Job, um, the ones about the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He actually had the faith to use those when, um, when his son was killed. This was before I was born, in a, in a car crash, really suddenly. But he had the faith to be able to trust that, that he could still trust in God when he told my dad what had happened. So to me, those words were really important. Um, I'd also have mentioned singing it after a fantastic sermon that was 20 years ago, but I still remember it. Don't remember most sermons, but that one I do remember. And we sang it at the end. And then six weeks later, we sang that Blessed Be Your Name song here. And I remember the morning, because it was the morning my ex-husband was leaving. I knew he was leaving and I hadn't yet told the children. It was a hard song to sing. We sang it a while later. Um, Kate and Steve may or may not remember, but we sang it a few days after um, Amy was first diagnosed um, with cancer. It was a hard song to sing. And there are sometimes, certainly when, when I was singing it that day, other people wouldn't have known at that point. But sometimes when we sing together, it might be that it's a song that's hard for us to sing at that moment, but others can sing it for us, with us, and that can actually be really powerful. Um, and that's why I was starting to think about singing together. Um, so, I was really challenged by a comment in this book. This is Matt Redman's book about Blessed Be Your Name, which I bought when I thought I was going to talk about it. But I still read it. It's really, really good. And it's got lots of testimonies about people who've sang that song and found it really helpful at different times, as well as Matt Redman's explanations. Anyway, he says, sometimes we can be a bit too individualistic when we're singing. We can come into church and we want a song that fits our mood at that minute. Um, but in church, we're singing together. We're rejoicing with those who rejoice. We're weeping with those who weep. We're singing together as a body of people. So if one suffers, we all suffer. And the better that we know each other um, and our circumstances, the more we can really bring each other's needs and prayers to God together. So we can borrow each other's joy 
There are some people who just exude joy when they sing. Um, I won't mention any names to embarrass people, but there are just some people who exude joy. Sometimes we can borrow that joy as we sing and it can really boost our faith. And I think we can do the same when we share each other's laments as well. When we sing God is good all the time, and the song about joy comes in the morning, I can't remember all the words, but sometimes I'll look round and I'll know the situations that people in the church have been through, and I'll see that they're singing God is good all the time, and that can really boost my faith too. So, to the song that I actually chose, Rescuer. If you're not sure, it's the one with the added hey that the children and a few other joyful singers Yes, Julia's nodding. Julia's a good hay singer. It's a jubilant song of rescue. And the Bible is full of rescue. But perhaps the most obvious example is the rescue of the people from Egypt through the Red Sea. And at the end, they all sing together. They turn their rescue story into a song. And the song completes the story. And that's what we're doing. Joe, I really loved your prayer today. Um, your little prayer about being... Um, saved from when you had the pneumonia when you were small and that's like a like a little mini rescue song and that's what we can be doing all the time we've got our big rescue song of how we've been rescued and our little rescue songs from different situations and it's really good to sing those and celebrate and pray those um, and we know that Jesus is a rescuer as well he tells the story of the good shepherd rescuing the lost sheep but when we sing about rescue we have to remember that we're rescued from something the people were in slavery. Colossians 1 verse 13 says, He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We really needed rescuing. We were sheep on a rocky ledge, not sheep in a lush green field. So what are we doing when we sing together? Um, I subtitled my talk. I put in brackets, I'm in the choir. And this is the only sort of choir I'll ever be in. My first day of primary school, we, got, we had to sing solos and we got put into choir or non-choir. And that was the name of the sessions for the whole year. You went to choir sessions or you went to non-choir sessions. I sang half a line and was put in non-choir. That's very sad. But fortunately, this, this choir, this where we're singing together, God doesn't care about the music we make. This is, this is singing together with a different purpose. This is a choir I'm in. So what are we doing? Jane in her talk said, who are we singing to? And I think it varies with different songs. I think with this one that we're about to look at, um, can I have the words behind me just in case people are wondering what I'm on about? Thank you. Um, we're singing to each other. We're reminding each other of the certain hope, the good news in a world of bad news, that he's our rescuer, there is redemption for every affliction. The victory was won at Calvary, where Jesus died on the cross. And we're calling each other to come, not because God wasn't here before and wasn't with us before, but because we all want to see him more clearly and we want to know that hope more really together. So we're singing to each other, but at the same time, I think it's a bit complex singing hymns, so I get quite confused. I think we're also singing to God. We're singing praise. We're declaring who he is. But we're also praying for those who haven't yet encountered the rescuer. I absolutely love the list in the song of who the news is for. It's why I really love the song, because I think it's super encouraging. It's like the Beatitudes and it's like Mary's song. 
And it's like, it's all about wrongs being righted and needs being met and the last are first and it's incredibly hopeful. And it's not a quick fix. It's not like easy joy and I don't want it to come across as like, oh, everything's hunky-dory when you sing this song. That would make me really sad. It's not about that. It's about light in dark places and a reminder that every affliction, every circumstance is redeemable and rescuable. So it's a song that is born in lament. I think it sounds like a song of joy when we think of the chorus, but it's born out of that lament, out of the world of hurting and pain. But then it offers hope. So we can look at the list, the list about um, the different people that it's good news for. And we can think of examples from the Bible. So it says it's good news for the captives. And I thought about Legion, who's literally captive with all the demons and literally in shackles because he's not trustable. Um, it was good news for him. We can think about the ones the world ignored, like the woman at the well. We can think of people who are ashamed, like Mary Magdalene, and people who walked away. But I find it also really, really helpful to look at that song and that list of people and think of people I know personally. And I find that, like different people in my family, I would slot into different places, different lines in that song. Um, And I think it's, as we're singing, I also find myself praying that they will, those people will find that good news. So we're singing to each other, praising God and also praying for people. Um, And in a minute, before we actually sing it together, I'm going to take a minute to go through each one and to try and make it specific, to think of people or groups that we could be praying for that those categories fit. So that there are people we're bringing to God and pleading with him that he will be good news for them. Because the gospel could be summed up in that really simple invitation to come. Come and be chainless. Come and be fearless. Come right into the presence of God with confidence as his child. All of us, but all of them too. The captives, the shamed, the doubter, the ignored, we're singing for them, And also because we're singing together, we're singing for each other's people as well, because we know the hope of a shared rescuer. So I'm going to go through the list and I'm going to like leave a pause so that we can think of people that we would want to pray for that may be fit. Or maybe think of ways that we ourselves have been rescued or need rescue from some of those things too. So it's good news for the captive. That might be literally captives. It might also be people who are addicts or trapped in horrible circumstances that they can't see a way out of. It's good news for them. It's good news for the shamed. People who've maybe done things in the past or had things done to them that have left them with a sense that they're not worthy, that this isn't for them. It's good news for the shamed. It's good news for the ones who walked away, people who maybe saw something of Jesus and then chose to go in a different direction. It's still good news for them. It's good news for the doubter. Everybody can have doubts, but it's good news for those whose doubts stop them coming. 
it's good news to the one's religion failed. That might be another religion, or it might be, sadly, it might be a church that's treated people not wisely or hurt them. It's good news for them. It's good news for the ones the world ignores. The lonely, maybe the people who are shut in, the quiet ones. It's good news for the weary, for the carers, for those facing issues and battles that have gone on and on for a long, long time. It's pasture for the weary. And it's good news for those who strive. And I just think with Alpha coming up, let's pray for some of those people that we've thought about as we sing the song. And let's really pray. We've been entrusted with the gospel, the Bible says. Let's pray that we can help some of those to come. So now let's sing together. Let's sing with each other to each other and for each other.